Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are in the house. All natural. No pesticides. No artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. Is Radio 1020. Katie Let me Katie. just say... The harvest could be reaped by you today if you're the 10th caller because you're going to get a wonderful gift certificate from the place that is Sorgles. Watching Amy and company with a little bit of a live video blog. They do great stuff out there earlier this morning. And, you know, you just need to get out there and experience what Sorgles is all about. Great sponsors and so many Hans and Janoskis make this show possible every week. And the two people that make it really work. They, of course, from TribLive.com, the Tribune Review, that great skate company. Doug Oster, EverybodyGardens.com, of course. See, I didn't forget this week. <laughs> I know you've been looking at me like, come on, plug that too. So I am. Plug, and, plug, plug. In Ireland, that's another thing. He's got the Guinness hat on today. So I'm going to take care of everything for Doug. I just got some pretzels from Brock, so that's my paycheck. <laughs> anyway, uh, we have got. I'll uh, need a couple of those, you're actually. You're more than welcome. And we also have Jessica Wallace here today, who's an incredible journalist and a fine author in her own right. So without further ado, let's say good morning to the stars of this very program, Doug Oster and Jessica Wallace. Good morning, guys. Why do we want him to stop? That sounded pretty good, all that stuff. That wasn't too bad, was it? I could listen to that all day long. Nutrition actually got the brain working today. Go ahead. For once. Good morning, Doug Oster from the Tribune Review and EverybodyGardens.com. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Wallace. And the first big news... Awards, awards, awards. It was so awesome. Last week, Jess and I were in Buffalo for the GWA uh, annual event, and uh, we had already won silver awards, and now we were up for the gold. It was like being at the Academy Awards. A little bit, yeah. And uh, (laughs) Jessica won the gold for her work with three other great gardening authors for their Savvy Gardening blog, and that was so exciting to see. And they were, to me... It was the biggest win of the night because you guys were up against it. Seriously, might have been fifteen other like winners, you know. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations. That's just awesome. Thank Good you for very you. much. It was pretty pretty darn exciting. We definitely did not think we were going to win because it was best digital media. So it, was it wasn't everything. just best blog. It was best they kept, like they digital put, media. They're putting the nominees up. It's one page. That's when I was getting worried. I was like, well, I thought they were going to win because they have a good thing going with Savvy Gardening. And it was, then it was, it was one page of, of nominees, then two pages of nominees. And I'm like, well, this must be something else. Then three. And then you guys were the last nominee. Three pages up on the screen. And I was like, oh, man, that's a lot of people. I was worried. I, I, <laughs> I was too. But, uh, you know, obviously winning the silver was wonderful. But winning the gold was pretty because that was my first gold there. I'd been up for the silver men era. Had won silvers many times, so that was our first gold. So that was super exciting. But we were obviously at the lucky table <laughs> at this event because uh, Doug happened to be sitting at our table. And he also won a gold award. And your gold award was for best writing. Yeah, best newspaper. What is it? Newspaper newsletter writing. Yes. So that was exciting. Man. Excellent. And you won for the Everybody Garden. Newsletter. No, that, you won for it was the, two things. You it was won for, a silver for that. 
And the gold for the actually the gold's for both. That's what's oh, kind of weird. It's for the weird. this plants that matter series that I did, which I I really it wasn't me. It's the people that uh, shared their stories. I've been reaching out to all the people that shared their stories with me about that about you know sad stories about connections with plants. Not all sad. Some of them nice, but very a lot of sad emotional. stories. Let's say yeah, emotional. Yeah, 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 and. Uh, that they shared their stories. That was awesome. And then, yeah, for the uh, Everybody Gardens newsletter, uh, that I was really excited. Yeah, it's just ex- exciting. And it was an excellent night for Pittsburgh as a whole yeah. because also uh, our friends the, in the Master Gardener community here in Pennsylvania, Nancy Canals, who is a very good friend of both of ours and was my first boss here in Pittsburgh. She uh, and the Master Gardeners of Pennsylvania wrote and uh put together the new Master Gardener Manual, yeah. and they won for best book. And that, you know... And it's it's like an 800-page book of everything about gardening. It's and I've crazy. got it. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I just, I told her when I saw her, I said, I haven't been able to write about it yet, but it's an amazing book. And for that, for like a technical manual like that, oh, yeah. to win a gold medal against all those other books, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, so it was a... It was a, a good night for a Pittsburgh. trifecta for <laughs> Pittsburgh. Actually, when I got in the uh, elevator, uh, a woman from... Uh, where was it? Where's Morton Arboretum? New Jersey? Oh, New Jersey, yeah. She's like, we're going to have to have uh, regional uh, differences here. You, you, you can't have that many people winning from Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good night for Pittsburgh, and it was it was uh, super um, validating also for all well, the hard yeah, work Well, yeah, it's kind of like, you know what? Yeah, hey, you're doing something right. Right. You know, we're doing something that right. That one Jess. thing. We got that one yeah. thing right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun, of course, to broadcast live from Buffalo last week. We it was we uh, you never know how it sounds when you're going to be broadcasting live. Yeah. And poor Rob is yeah. juggling. Thanks, Rob. Everybody was, in all these different is, places. That is really hard to do. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> it's such a relief when you're in some, you know, doing a remote and you've got you on this side. It's just like we know that he'll let us know when to stop talking. <laughs> and oh, yeah. You're our security blanket, Rob. That's what we're saying. How does that feel? <laughs> I could use all the security. I <laughs> hey, I, I want to talk about a couple of things before we uh, tell everyone that uh, you can call in and be on this program. By the way, you know the number, 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, Kinston Access, KDK.com. Congratulations to Cynthia from Butler, winner of that wonderful gift certificate from Sorgles. Next Saturday, North Park, 10 until 2, the Penn State Master Gardeners. Yeah, I'm going to be appearing uh, next Saturday in North Park from 10 to 12. The event is actually called Garden in the Parks. It's uh at, at the demonstration gardens in North Park, they uh, actually have the same thing happening at South Park, but I will only be at the North Park from 10 to 12. The whole event, it runs from 9 to 1. It's really an awesome event. Uh, you know, they have tomato tasting. They've had garlic there before. Uh, those demonstration gardens, and you were saying, Jess, they look good. I, I've been driving by them on my way in, to and from fishing, and I see them every day. They look great. They really do. They look amazing. And all the Western Pennsylvania Conservancy beds all around town. Kudos to all the volunteer organizations and the Conservancy and the Master Gardeners who, who set up to take care of all of those public gardens. They're really quite yeah, you should Yeah, you, you should come out next Saturday. It's going to be fun. And, and your Master Gardeners will be there to answer any questions you have about gardening and maybe they'll be, uh, probably Nancy will be there probably just carrying around that book with her. You right. Know? Maybe yeah. her gold award she'll be carrying. Actually, around. I saw her on the way out. She was bolting it to the front of her, her like a hood ornament. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you say we take a break? But before we do, you're also going to Ireland as if you don't have enough to do. Yeah, real quick. I, I It's official. You know, it's not till June. So there's plenty of time to think about it. Um, I am taking people to Ireland next uh, next summer and it's going to be awesome. Now, one of the gardens is called Powers Court and National Geographic calls it the third greatest garden in the world. 
I wonder what one and two are. I'll have to look that up. Your but, garden and my garden. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not mine. Yours, maybe. <laughs> Uh, so take a look. I just posted on my Facebook page this morning. See if the trip is right for you. I have a lot of fun when I do these trips with people, and uh, it'll it'll this is this is a this is a good one. It's a long one. It's it's relatively inexpensive. Ireland is is you know uh, a cheap place to travel. For? I think it's like ten or eleven day trip. Wow. Uh, and so if you're interested in that, and I've had lots of people come throughout the years with me. And in fact, I'm I'm fishing after this with one of the guys that came with me. Where did we go? Western Canada together. Uh, and so, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Just check it out, see if it's for you. We'll come back. A lot more still to come with Doug and Jess. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, here we go. We're off and running. It is Doug and Jess, the Organic Gardeners. You can join them with a question at 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access, KDKA.com. Number one this morning. First up on the phone lines, here is Pat. Pat, good morning. Good morning. I have a question about some geraniums. I wintered them over on my closed-in patio, and they did well. They're blooming, but they have gotten long. I wouldn't really say leggy because they do have a lot of blooms on them. But if I keep them again, should I cut them back, or what's the advice there? Yeah, that's what I like to do when I bring them out. Because when you overwinter them, do you overwinter them in dormancy or like as a house plant? Really as a house plant. The patio okay, yeah, so, uh, is warm enough that it doesn't freeze them. Yeah, I would give them a, a pretty severe haircut, shorten them up a little bit, and then get them out into the, the good light, and then they'll they'll be kind of, they'll be bushy and... But they, you know, they still might kind of characterize themselves as a little bit leggy. Yeah, I mean, and you can okay. you can cut them back, and when you when you cut them back, take all those pieces that you cut off and root them. I think you'll have ten times idea. as much as many geraniums next year. You can root them in I the fall. I almost have too many for my patio. Oh, okay. Actually. Well, then cut them off and give the give the slips, you know, the cuttings to somebody else who might be interested. You'll have in a them, you'll you know? have a geranium jungle patio. There you go. I think so. <laughs> and, and one other thing, if I may, I have a hydrangea bush that was given to me um, in a little planter box at one point years ago, and I planted it, and it has gotten giant. It is as high as my car. And um, it does bloom, but it's so big that the blooms almost get lost in the greenery. Is there anything I hate to, I hate to change the shape of it, but um, well, you can prune, you can prune that too without changing the shape. You just selectively prune it. You know, go in there and and take a, t- you know, trim something off, then stand back, take a look at it. Trim something else off, stand back, take a look at it, so that you make sure you're maintaining that that shape that you love. Um, some people will do their pruning before they bring that hibiscus in. Uh, for the winter, just so they can fit it in through the door, and then other people will this do the... is a hydra- This is a hydrangea. I don't bring it. Oh, in. hydrangea! Oh, I'm hydrangea. sorry, I thought you said hibiscus. I thought hibiscus too. Okay, so a hydrangea. Yeah. So w- wait, you wanted to know about? It's got well, so big so that guess... you don't see many of the blooms. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. That's correct. Okay. Well, you, you know. You know what kind of hydrangea it is? I don't because it was in a flower arrangement and it was just a little thing when it was sent to me. And um, I let it sit around so long that I was afraid it was not going to do anything at all. And now it just keeps growing and growing. What color are the Beautiful. blooms? What color are the blooms? Uh, they're are they? blue. They're blue. They're blue ones. Okay, so it's probably a macrophylla. You don't want to prune those too much at all because you yeah, could be cutting never. off the future flower buds. So uh, I would just enjoy the flowers even if they're up a little, a little bit too hidden. high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, let's say hi to Ken. Ken, good morning. Welcome. You're with Doug and Jess on the Organic Gardeners on KDKA. Morning. Uh, I I was acquired some uh, tinted glass windows from uh, some old apartments. Can I use those to build a greenhouse? Hmm. They're not. They're about thirty years old, so they don't carry a lot of tint with them anymore. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't see why you couldn't. You, and you could do cold frames. Like you, uh, cold frames would be great with that tinted glass. I even got some new ones uh, that somebody you know they had them installed. They were the wrong sizes. They all got taken out, and I gave those away for cold frames. And even though those have the new tint in them, they work. Yeah, I, th- I think right. that would be fine to use it for that. What are you going to do with them? Do you know for sure? Pardon? What are you going to do with them? Do you know for sure? Is it like a full well, size greenhouse? A, or I was going to build a big greenhouse with them because I acquired like about forty of them from. Uh, I brought them back up from the uh, hurricane down in South Carolina. Wow. Oh. Wow, that's quite a project. I'd love to see when you start that up. I would love to hear how that goes and like to see a picture of that. And do you have any idea like where you're going to put the greenhouse? I mean, because if you can somehow attach it to the house, you get a little bit of heat that way. Well, we, I'd, I'd heat it because we have a barn that has horses in it and everything. So we kind of have everything right there. And I was going to lean one side or put start one side on the barn and then come out mm-hmm. like about 20 foot. Wow, mm-hmm. that sounds great. I'm always jealous of guys that can do that. <laughs> Build you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take forty windows and make a greenhouse out of it. No big deal. Well, that's what I was telling them down at the beach, and they all looked at me like I was crazy. And I just <laughs> them up, and I threw them in my van and brought them back up here with me. Oh so, man, that, that that's well, awesome. Please let us know how that I'm, goes. I'm gonna start building it next week or next month before I leave for the beach again, and uh, so I'll send one to you. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be cool. uh, make, sounds... sure, make sure you pitch the roof enough, though, so that the snow, if you're not there all winter long, so the oh, snow's going to oh, yeah, slide off. It's all going to be pitched, and then I'm going to have glass up on top, and then I'm going to have glass on three sides. All oh, right, that good, because you got to wor- always worry about the weight of that snow on glass like yep. that. So, yeah, oh, yeah. sounds like you know what you're doing, they're, right? <laughs> they're in small sections. They're only like about 24 by 30. They're not okay. that big, so I'll have all my supports in. Good. Well, All you right. make sure you send us a picture of that when you're done, because that sounds like a really cool project. Sounds amazing. Especially since neither Doug or I can even build a birdhouse, let alone <laughs> yeah. a greenhouse. So <laughs> good luck to you. Thanks a lot. Okay, let's say hi to Amy. Amy, how are you? Good morning. Welcome to KDK. Good morning. Um, my question is this. I had a beautiful patch of beets growing, and I went out to pick them or check on them, and the tops just pulled right out of the ground. Something ate them off from underneath the dirt. So do you have a suggestion on what that would be that ate it and how to fix that for next year? Interesting. Well, I'll tell you. Underneath? I'm I'm not picturing that. Tell me exactly. There was a hole in the dirt, and something ate all the beets from under the ground. Okay. So Mm. the tops were intact when you went. And it was in a raised box. Okay. So I'm going to think it was probably voles. Yeah. Uh, voles with a V, V-O-L-E-S. They're small rodent creatures. They look a lot like a little mouse, but with a short stubby tail and a sort of elongated tapered nose. Um, They are nocturnal, so many times we don't see them. They live in colonies, large colonies underground. 
Um, I know that I have many of them in my garden because I have vole damage usually on my potatoes uh, where I'll go to dig them up and they'll have little gnaw marks or the potato will be half eaten. They like beets, they like carrots and other root crops as well. So uh, one thing that you can do is you can set mouse traps out in the garden at night baited with peanut butter. And a lot of times um, you will catch them that way, but put them in a like a soup can with both ends taken off of it because you don't want to catch a skunk or something else, you know, yeah. get caught in there. Uh, and that will sort of keep the, uh, you know, your dogs and stuff like that out of them as well. So that's one way. You can also use a castor oil-based repellent that is a granular repellent for moles and voles that you would sort of sprinkle through the garden to keep them out of there as well. Um, unfortunately, those are sort of the only things. They love raised beds. What is the, that? I can't remember the name the of it nice now. That, uh I did a story on it, too. Mole scram, I think it is. Which is a castor oil-based yeah. repellent. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. Because you, you could probably get away with starting some beets right now for the for a late fall harvest or a winter harvest. Uh, and if you put some of that uh, castor oil-based uh, stuff in there and then started trying to catch your voles, you, you should be okay. Uh, and it wouldn't be a total loss for the season because a season without beets, that's a tough one. Well, you said if they you let they like raised beds, would I be better off growing them in the ground? You could try, but I grow my potatoes in the ground, and the voles still seem to find them. Uh, okay. So you know that's it's one thing, but they definitely do love raised beds because the soil is nice and loose, and they feel like protected there, sort of in in that raised bed structure. So growing them in the ground is probably a little better, but that's no guarantee that the voles are not going to get to them. The best thing would be to try to control or repel the voles in some way. All right, listen, we're going to take a short break. We've got some news headlines coming up in a couple of moments, and then we're right back to your phone calls. We've got a lot of room on the phone lines if you want to talk to Doug and Jess. 866-391-1020, dollar bank, instant access, kdk.com. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020, KDKA. As we Turn to your organic gardeners. Let's take the 10th caller to win that gift certificate from the great folks at Janoski's in Clinton. And that number is 412-922-1020. To join uh, Doug and Jess, 866-391-1020. The organic gardeners back on the air. Next stop, Ross Township. And time to say good morning to George. Hey, George, welcome to KDK. Good morning, everybody. I really uh, enjoy the show. Um, I just had a few little questions about tomatoes. Uh, I've been doing well with a few this year. Uh, no fungal issues at all, and that's amazing. Yeah, that is but, amazing. Uh, uh, I, I did, uh, I, I wanted to try an early type of tomato, and I went out and I got one, I think it was called uh, Gold Sun or something like that, because it had like 55 days to ripen or something like that but it turned out it wasn't a tomato i mean it was a, a cherry tomato mm-hmm. and <laughs> i i think it's old age setting in but anyhow <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow uh they're delicious they're uh they're they're not red they're a, a orange shade and they were delicious, so that turned out well. I wonder and, if it um, might be, does it might be sun gold? Sun gold, now you're talking, yeah. That's, that's uh, a, you know, George, that is a great tomato, uh, really sweet, prolific, and like you said, really early. 
Yeah, and uh, and boy, is it producing. I mean, it it's just uh, we have them every day. You know, we're into a little bag and eating them, and <laughs> they're really good. You know, George, um, I'm I'm in Ross Township too. Just send me your address, and maybe he's I'll stop come over. Your tomato patch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know you're. I know where you're at. In fact, I uh, I, I tried to get you for uh, the History Society uh, when we had a get together, but you were uh, had a commitment to make. And, right. uh, but uh, and then I've I've seen you over over in town at the spaghetti breakfast uh, dishing out food. But anyhow, getting back to the tomatoes, uh, I I do lo- love the uh, the celebrity tomatoes were always my favorite and you know this year they are delicious they're the ones on my stock i mean there's they're all meat inside and they're real sweet uh i don't know what i did wrong but it it's turned out right <laughs> <laughs> anyhow uh my main question is doug i think i heard you talking about the pineapple tomatoes uh plant and, and i put one in and and it's it, they grow really big, but uh, the the tomatoes on there I have uh, about four right now that are about the size of a of a uh, softball, mm-hmm. and they're ugly looking things. But how do you know when they're ripe? Well, that's a tomato that Jess and I both absolutely that's love. My favorite, tomato. yeah, and that's uh, you know, my, my my mother-in-law's favorite also uh, is is pineapple. But just like any other tomato, you know, it'll start to change. Look at the bottom. You get that red on the bottom, and it'll get soft, and you'll you'll know. It's almost <laughs> like a pink starburst that yeah. comes out from the bottom. And for oh. me, I always tell the ripeness, ripeness of one of those colored tomatoes by pushing on it with my thumb. If, it le- if it's soft and it leaves a little dent in there, then you know that it's ripe and ready to be picked. If you push your thumb in it and it doesn't push in at all and it's still hard and firm, then that tomato's Boy, is not ready to be picked. And if you think celebrity is a great tomato, wait till he gets that, wait till he cuts open that pineapple, pineapple. and makes a sandwich out of that. I know. Oh. They're so good. I can't. Mine are. I have not had a single ripe tomato from my garden yet. I've not been, even the cherry tomatoes. I've been picking uh, cherries, and there's one I really like uh, that I posted about called Violet Jasper, and mm. it's one that Baker Creek just sent to me as a freebie, mm-hmm. and it's about saladet size, two two ounces, you know, bigger than a cherry, and it's it's uh, purple with like brown stripes on it, and uh, I like it, and I posted it on Facebook, but somebody posted on there like. I don't like that one, <laughs> you know. Ooh. But that's that's why we have lots of different tomatoes. That's right. Uh, and that to one's been that one's been giving me early tomatoes and and lots of them. So I've been lucky there. But yeah, I'm still waiting for a full size tomato. Hey, congratulations to Doreen, ladies and gentlemen, from Newcastle, winner of that gift certificate from the good people at Janoski's, where they open at eight o'clock today. Next stop, Coriopolis. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a question. No, I just got up at the time. It was, you know, a little after seven. I got up a little while ago and I heard somebody talking about hydrangea. So I hope I'm not repeating a question that's already been asked. But, excuse me, uh, I called a couple of weeks ago and I said the hydrangea bush that we had, my wife would cut it all the way down and then it would grow back. But we weren't always getting flowers. And I think Jess is the one that says, well, you don't cut it back because you're cutting off the buds or something like that. And I'm just thinking, if can we have, I think this year we did get something. We have three or four flowers, uh, one or two pink and one or two purple. Uh, so they really turned out nice. But like now going into winter, 
if we don't cut it back, uh, won't it just keep on growing and growing and growing? I'm not sure what to do. Okay, yeah. let's go over hydrangea 101, Jess. And this is a very, very common problem in our area, and we talk about it a lot. You know, there's actually a really cool listing that Proven Winners has. Like, just Google, why doesn't my hydrangea bloom and Proven Winners? And you'll get a lot of information about all the different varieties and everything. But go ahead, Jess, start off with... Macrophylla. Macrophylla. Hydrangea macrophylla, which are the big pink and blue ones that we always think of as grandma's hydrangea. Yes, as you said, they form their buds on the previous season's wood and the previous season's growth. So when you are approaching the end of the season and you're tempted to prune that plant back, do not. And I know you said you're worried about it getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but that doesn't happen here in Pennsylvania because a lot of times those brown stalks will die back to, you know, maybe just a few inches within the ground to the ground some years. But you definitely don't want to risk it by by pruning them back. Just let it go. Let what you think are brown stalks go because those hold the flower buds for the following season. Yeah, the, the buds are on the plant, and if you cut it now, you're removing those flowers. Next year's flowers, exactly. And so, but there's other types of hydrangeas that do not bloom on old wood. So, for example, what we commonly call the Annabelle hydrangea or hydrangea arborescence, which is the big white snowball looking flowers, those will flower on new wood, and so you can prune those back. If you want but only to. those. That's that's the thing. But only those. So that's the thing. It's very And I don't. I don't actually. I've got I've got about four. Yeah, I don't touch mine either. Four Annabelles that are on the other side of the fence from the tomatoes, and I don't do anything to them, and they just bloom all the time on their own yep. when they're ready. And I would say that with people. You know what? If you're not sure about the pruning of hydrangeas, just don't prune them at all. That's the safest bet. Eight six six three nine one ten twenty dollar bank instant access kdk.com. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDKA. Hey, let's say hello to Autumn. Autumn, good morning. Hello, how are you? We're doing good. What's going on? Well, I have a question about pruning my butterfly bush. It's about six to seven feet tall and probably just about as wide. Um, I'd love to keep it that big, but now it's starting to grow over into a walkway, and it's like between the house and the bush is the only place where the walkway is. So there's not really much options there. We kind of have to trim it up a little bit. I'm not really sure how to give it the proper haircut. I don't worry about it. Just go out and hack it to yeah. pieces. <laughs> they are one. They're technically a woody perennial, so they are one that you can't do wrong. Uh, so oh, you, great, great. yeah, you just trim it. If you trim it back as as far as you need to trim it. Now, what you don't want to do is just kind of like hack it on a straight line. You want it to to look kind of balanced between the side that's away from the walkway and the side that's toward the walkway. So maybe take a little bit off of both sides to sort of keep it in a in a good decent shape. And then next year in March, you cut it all the way down to like about eight to ten inches from the ground. Yeah, the whole thing. Okay. Hack the whole thing off. Yep, cut it all the way back, and then. As it's growing, you can do little pinches and prunings as it's growing, even before it flowers. And that's going to keep it a little more compact, a little shapelier, and keep it off of the the walkway so that you don't have to do such a drastic pruning later in the season. Do you have any butterfly bush? I have one that came up from seed. I actually pulled mine out on purpose because... They can be kind of invasive, and they can self-sow everywhere, and they're not a native. And so there's a lot of controversy around them. So I did pull all of mine out, but one came back from seed, and I let it bloom this year. But I have to say, the butterflies much prefer my button bush 
and my tithonia, the Mexican sunflower, they much prefer those to the butterfly bush. Did those tithonia I gave you make it or not? Yes. Oh, uh, good. They haven't flowered yet, but I do have some that came up from seed in the garden that are flowering that are already like six feet yeah, tall. Yeah, I had, had them in my greenhouse, and they got real leggy, and I promised them to, to give them to you, so I'm, I'm glad they're there. You'll get some blooms probably the day before a hard freeze. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's okay. I'll take whatever blooms I can, but the butterflies absolutely adore those. Not that I don't. I like butterfly bush. I just wish it didn't seed everywhere. As and that does. button bush is a native, right? Button bush is a native. Now, its bloom time is sort of short. It only blooms really for about three, four weeks. But when it does, almost every little round, it's almost like a golf ball flower, sized and shaped flower, uh, is just covered with butterflies and, and different pollinators. It's, they just love it. And I remember you talking about uh, a butterfly that uh, likes um, violets. Well, that's the caterpillar of the great spangled fritillary when the fritillaries are very common around western pennsylvania because they use uh, oh, violets a different one no they use vi all in fact many different species of fritillary there's lots of different ones but many species of fritillary use violets as a host plant and in some cases it's their sole larval food source just like a monarch can only eat milkweed species Many types of fritillaries can only use violets as their larval host food. So make sure you include some of those in your garden and let them in your lawn. Because around that, go ahead. No, go ahead. Around that, those violets, I remember that there's just a little purple butterfly, really tiny little purple one. The little one. spring azure. Is that what it is? Yeah, but I don't think they use the violets as a host food. Okay. Yeah. Let's go to Amy. Amy in Evans City. That's a great community. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. Um, I have a question about my Hoya plant. I've had it for 12 years, and it blooms three times a year, wow. and it's the most spectacular flower ever. Mm-hmm. And underneath the leaves, I've noticed there's a white fungus or a mold. Okay. I took it outside twice and rinsed it off with soapy water. Okay. But again, today I was checking out the leaves, and I saw a little bit of that white stuff back yeah. on one of the Leaves. So it looks like kind of a cottony fuzz? Is that what it looks like? Yes, okay. and it's, it's also on the buds of the flowers. Gotcha. Yeah, so first of all, kudos on having a Hoya that blooms three times a year. They are, they're fragrant. Do you have one of the ones that's really beautifully fragrant? Yes. They are lovely, and they, they some people call them wax flower because the flowers look almost fake. They just look like they're made of wax. That's how cool they are, and the foliage is really cool, so good for you for that. But what you probably have is some type of mealybug uh, that produces sort of that white, waxy, it looks like little tufts of cotton on the undersides of the leaves. They're a common pest on many houseplants. Um, and actually, rather than using soap, because they produce that sort of waxy, hairy cuticle on them, they're very right. resistant to things like insecticidal soaps. So I wouldn't use those. Instead, I would actually go with a, um, a cotton ball that's been soaked in rubbing alcohol and okay. literally wipe them off of the plant. Wipe down the stems, wipe both sides of the leaves. It's a lot of work to do it, but that physical removal is the way that you know that you're going to get rid of them and you're going to actually strip them off the plant. You're going to have to do it maybe two times, probably about 21 days apart, and then any time you notice that white fuzz again on the undersides of the leaves, get in there with a cotton ball and, and wipe off And you get them under leaves. control that way. I think so, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're Thanks, welcome. Amy. Good luck. All right, let's take our final break. Come back and wrap up the hour with Doug and Jess. The Organic Garden is just about done for another week. Joe and Frank Dentisi just minutes away as we continue with our weekend magazine. It's Heinz Ketchup Recipes. And then Jamie Meredith in for his father, Jim Heffron, till it's your money and you. 
Every morning, learn the issues with the KDKA Morning News. Weekdays 5 to 9. Ah, remember that smell of the brand new backpack? It's back to school shopping time, an exciting time for the kids. For mom and dad, it could be a little nervous when they look at their wallet. We've got some expert advice for you and an incredible story about the lengths some people go to to rescue animals. Larry Richard and Sean Chumway and the KDKA Morning News, weekdays 5 to 9. News Radio 1020 KDKA. Are you taking Viagra or Cialis for ED? Now you can get Sildenafil, the active ingredient in Viagra in 20 milligram tablets for less than $2 each with free shipping right to your house. That's a savings of more than $40 per dose. McDonald Pharmacy is a local independent that saves you money on generics. For more information, go to pitedrx.com or call 724-926-2117. Stop paying crazy prices for Viagra. Visit pitedrx.com or call 724-926-2117. Sexually active? Zika virus could pose a threat if you or your partner gets pregnant. Zika can spread through an infected mosquito as well as from having sex with someone who has the virus. Zika is especially dangerous to unborn babies. It's been linked to brain deformities and abnormalities. Zika is occurring in Caribbean countries, Africa, and Southeast Asia. Learn more about the Zika virus and the pregnancy risks at zika.pa.gov. Paid for with Pennsylvania taxpayer dollars. Fresh. That's how to describe the plants at Chapin's Greenhouse. Chapin says, come grow with us. It's easy to keep your garden fresh with color because every week, all summer long, shipments of new blooming perennials and shrubs arrive at Chapin's. They've got a wide variety of houseplants, hanging baskets, cacti, succulents, and more. Treat yourself to a trip to Chapin's Greenhouse, Street Farm Road in Baldwin Borough, or call 412-881-1520. Get KDKA on your smartphone. Download the Radio.com app now at the iTunes and Google Play stores. KDKA, AMNHC, KDKA, FMHC2 Pittsburgh, and KDKA.com. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020, KDKA. Well, you got lots of stuff going on in the garden. How many... Uh, cucumbers did you pick? 46. Oh, 46? Well, I was gone in Buffalo, and then we were down in West Virginia and came back, and uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> so, I happen to know somebody that loves your pickles. I'll be, I know, I was just going to say, I'll be making pickles, and I'll have to share some with you, because I think we'll have more than, we still have some left from last year, a couple of jars. So. And you're growing something that's a little unusual that you've had good luck with. I have a Chinese yard-long beans, and I learned about these from our good friend Martha Swiss, who had them growing over her arbor one time, and I went to photograph her her garden and I was like what the they are really cool they're um, a dark burgundy color they're a pole bean so they they vine but they're they they do get to be a yard long now you want to harvest them before that stage. but they're still really big they're still you really big them. you harvest the beans probably at about I don't know I was picking ones about 18 inches or so maybe up to two feet uh they're burgundy color I cooked them for dinner last night really delicious nice crisp snap to them Mm. um and they're really awesome looking in the garden like they can if you let them grow and don't harvest i mean they'll they call them yard long beans but they'll reach two three yards in length um slow growers huh i thought they were bush beans at first i thought they were mislabeled because they just kind of sat there and then all of a sudden boom they started to climb when the weather got warm and they're up at the top of my 
I think it's probably an eight foot tall trellis wow. and they're starting to wind back down now because they ran out of space to go up. So they're and really cool. I planted uh, an heirloom radish called China Rose. Uh, they get big, you know, five inches long and it's, it's just, it's, it's a variety. So it's like a tapered radish. Uh, it's kind of like a cylindrical beet okay. like that. Kind of fat actually. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're, they're known to be, to love a fall and winter growing. So okay. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, I'm going to thin them out. They're going to get big. I'll, harvest some but the other ones you know i'll just mulch them and that'll be something i can pick in the winter and they're pink flesh inside yeah. they're called uh, they're, rose. they're rose on the outside i think white flesh on the inside oh nice but bigger real old-fashioned variety but you know keep thinking about planting for the fall and for the winter uh i, I you know with the starts of the winters that we've had you know we've we've had a long season uh for probably 10 out of the last you know, mm-hmm. seven winters. Mm-hmm. And uh, did I say that right? Ten out of the Se- last seven? Seven out okay. of the last ten winters. There you go. Seven out of the last I, I ten. I knew what you meant, though. Okay. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad get, somebody did. You can get out there right now and plant a fall crop of lettuce, kale. You could, There's still time to do that. You could do some beets and um, insulate them a little bit with some layers of straw as the weather gets cold. Certainly radish, and you don't have to do these special china rose ones. You can do any type, you know, the French breakfast or Easter even a little egg blend cherry I bell. Love radishes yep and still have time they'll be ready to harvest in 30 days so uh, with all this rain we've been having and probably will continue to have having those late season crops in the garden get some spinach planted which will actually overwinter Mm -hmm. and be your first crop in the spring don't forget to do that this time of year a lot of people kind of give up on their vegetable garden and want to call it quits for the season when in fact we have many many more weeks that we can harvest Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden and a safer place to live. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.